Welcome back to A View from the Couch. My name is Rich. And I'm Jen. And today we are talking about quite possibly the greatest movie about AI that's ever been made. I'm talking about Mithrigan. Mithrigan? Yeah, Mithrigan. It's Megan. No, no, no. It's Mithrigan. Because here's the thing. It's an acronym for Model 3 Generative Android, right? Mm -hmm. Mithrigan, which implies that there was a Matugan and a (laughs) Mawungan. It does imply that. (laughs) It does. So this is not, because the other two weren't like Megan, right? Model 1 wasn't Megan. Model 2 wasn't Megan. So it's either a good thing that they stopped at 3 and called it Megan, or this thing's name is really Mithrigan. <laughs> Can't be any other way. It's impossible for it to be anything but that, in well, my mind. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm fine with the Megan thing. I'm guessing <laughs> she wanted it to have a real name, but had to come up with some kind of... Wait a dumbass acronym. Yeah, I I don't know. <laughs> Mithrigan. <laughs> so, I hope you're not going to call her Mithrigan through this whole thing. I am not. That is very like wordy. <laughs> <laughs> I might throw it in there if I want to be snarky, but you know, <laughs> I figured to get it out there first so that way people know. You know, Mithrigan. Right. You know. Okay. Okay. So. okay. All right. So. So neither one of us could have possibly seen this movie before we had seen it for this. Well, we review. could have. We could I mean, have seen it in the theater. Well, we, one or the other of us would have had to have, like snuck out and seen it in a theater without the other knowing about it and then never talked about it, which wouldn't have happened. Well, just would for it? the audience's sake, we did not see this in the theater. Right. We saw it on streaming. We saw it on streaming when it came to Peacock, which is where you can see it now on Peacock. We're not being paid by Peacock. Believe me, if we were, <laughs> if we were, we probably would have better microphones, right? Probably. At least, yeah. I would think. Anyway. <laughs> so... I want to do something a little different here. I want to go back and say, because this, this harkens back to like the eighties. This, this movie to me makes me think of the eighties in a lot of ways. Chucky, small wonder, even like chopping mall and RoboCop. What is your favorite, like whacked out AI or whacked out like Android movie or show? My favorite? Yeah. Do you have one? I can't even think of any other than the ones you just mentioned. <laughs> okay. I, out of I, those, honestly... then, which would you? Which would be your go-to then? Out of those, what were your options again? So we had Chucky, we had RoboCop, we had Chopping Mall, which is kind of there's like a little bit of a hint of that here. Okay. And then we had Small Wonder, which you remember Small I've Wonder, right? Never seen that. You've, but you remember it, right? No. You had to have seen an ad for it at some point, right? No. What? I don't have a clue what you're okay, talking Okay, how about, about this? How about Deadly Friend, which was an android that killed people Never with basketballs? Never heard of that one either. That's a Wes Craven movie, I think. Or maybe? I don't know. Anyway, I think it's a Wes Craven movie. I'm almost positive that's a Wes also, Craven Chucky movie. Also, Chucky is an AI gone bad. That's just a doll that get possessed, got possessed by a bad guy. True, but I'm lumping him in there because it's a doll, and Megan is a doll. Yeah, but then we could have that same conversation with Annabelle, then. Annabelle's a doll. Sure, okay, so let's throw Annabelle in there, but she's not so in the 80s. So now you're comparing apples and oranges, though, because now you've got dolls or you've got AI. Yes, but we're also comparing fruit. They're all fruit. <laughs> it's all fruit. Right. Well, as far as doll movies go, you've yeah. got Chucky and Annabelle and now this one. But previously, between 
Chucky and Annabelle. I'm sure there's other ones. I just don't know them. I would I would go towards Chucky more. Okay. Annabelle, the first one was meh, okay, but that whole series is I don't know, not my favorite. <laughs> it's uh, unique. And Chucky has his moments, yeah. you know, be on the ridiculous, but you know the original was was a decent one. And then as far as the AI. I think of the two I saw, RoboCop and Chopping Mall, I'd probably go towards RoboCop. I think. Wait, you've seen Chopping Mall? Did I make you watch Chopping you Mall? You made me watch oh, that, I yes. love Chopping Mall. What a great <laughs> movie that is. What a great movie that is. Now, who knew that lightning would turn, like, you know, robots into, like, murderers? Who knew? Keep your know. robots away from lightning. My God, can you imagine what Alexa would do if... if, if she Don't knew that. Say her name. Oh my God! If you say her name, she'll appear. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> she's like, she's like the Candyman of yeah. AI. <laughs> she's gonna show up behind me with a hook. <laughs> so, what is your favorite then? Interesting question. I'm glad you asked. <laughs> <laughs> since you kind of threw it since at you me brought it up preparation <laughs> yeah since you brought it up i would say that my favorite of the like killer dolls was probably chucky probably the original child's play i, lo- I like it because it's just cornball and crazy and nuts plus it's got brad dorif in it and i love brad dorif he's a great actor i would say that there is a little bit of the little bit of like, like I've already talked about, like I love Chopping Mall. It is such a cheesy cornball 80s slasher movie. So I would say out of those two, Chopping Mall comes out on top because it is so much more of like a B-grade, able you, to be made fun of movie. Yeah, you like those you know? type of movies. Yeah. yeah and it. And Child's Play becomes that eventually, but the first movie really kind of goes, tries to go serious with it, you know? Mm -hmm. Later on, it gets cheesy and corny, which, you know, I completely appreciate, but Chopping Mall was never anything but a teenage sex comedy horror movie. It was Friday the 13th with Killer Robots, and I love it for that because it just doesn't try and disguise itself as anything else. Yeah, so that... All right, well then, now that we've talked about that, let's talk about this movie. Why don't you tell us the cast and crew? All right, this was directed by Gerard Johnstone, and it was written by Akila Cooper. This is part of the Blumhouse Productions, and you have James Wan attached to this as a producer and part of... He's involved uh, in the Annabelle stuff too, isn't he? Yes. Yeah, okay. James Wan's Annabelle, yep. Mm Mm-hmm, yep. So this stars Allison Williams as Gemma. We have Violet McGraw as Katie. Amy Donald and Jenna Davis are Megan. So Amy Donald is the child actor who plays Megan in a lot of the scenes. And then Jenna Davis is the main voice actor. Hold on. That's a person? Yes. Shut up. In a lot of the scenes. So when the doll is stationary, that's actually a... Uh, puppet like they had an animatronic puppet that they used for the dialogue and the close-ups and then when there's moving scenes running scenes stuff like that that is this child (laughs) so that so this is alf you remember the tv show alf from the 80s right anytime they showed alf like in full body it was like a small person like a little person in a in an alf costume running around yeah and anytime he had to talk he was a puppet so okay. this is Alf, right? 
well, I don't know if it's Elf, but it's sure, Elf it's gone mad. A, the, a similar type <laughs> setup. Sure, sure. We also have Ronnie Cheng as David, Brian Jordan Alvarez as Cole, and Jen Van Epps as Tess. Kind of oh. rounds out the main crew there. Yeah. Yeah, it does. <laughs> so I watched some videos on how they made this. And right. this Amy Don, she and her, I think it was either her dance instructor or gymnastics instructor, kind of came up with that little dance scene. Oh, God. Really? There. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Wait, um, was that the kid? That was the kid. That was the kid dancing yes. in the hallway thing? Yep. Oh, my God. That's great. Okay. Yep. So that's the kid dancing there. And she also learned how to run on all f- to do that running scene. So that's that the was kid her too. running. Yep. Mm-hmm. That wasn't CGI nope, or that like is her running. Oh my God. Cause that was honestly one of the creepiest things on, in this entire movie was that kid was that doll running on all yeah, fours. So that's the kid. And so when she's in the scenes, like when they were filming it, they had kind of like this, I, I don't know, it was like an one of those masks that they make, but didn't have, it kind of had the Megan face on it, but it didn't really move or anything. And so she would wear that while she filmed the scenes. And then of course they would replace the face with CGI oh, sure. in the okay. editing. Sure, sure. On there, okay. So. Sure. That makes sense. So I was just, while you were talking there, I was listening, but I was also looking at Akila Cooper because I didn't know who she was, but apparently she wrote Hellfest which is that Halloween Horror Nights movie where people get killed at Halloween Horror Nights. Oh, okay. It wasn't exactly the world's greatest movie or anything, it but right. uh, it was it was it was a good rent, you know? It if yeah, if you want a little horror movie that's yeah. not something you have to really think about too much and I don't know, it's decent. Yeah, exactly. It was it was decent and that's all that's all sometimes you're really looking for is decent when yeah. it comes to a horror movie. So. Right, right. All right, should we talk about the story here? Let's do that. Okay. So Gemma works for toy giant Funky with an eye. Funky. With an eye. Yeah. Where she is tasked with building a cheaper version of the highly popular perpetual pets. And that's purr like a kitty cat purrs, you know, <laughs> like that perpetual pets. So they, they are being undersold by competitors who are, who are like, it's like the go bots to the transformers, you know, like the, and, and, yeah. and so because of that, there's, there's a lot of pressure from her boss, David, to focus on this newer, cheaper version of the perpetual pet, but even though she's under this extra pressure, she and her team, Gemma and her team, are neglecting their work to create what they believe is going to be a toy that will change the toy industry forever. A life-size robotic doll called the Model 3 Generative Android, or Mithrigan, <laughs> for short. <laughs> right? Because it implies a Mwungan and a Matugan, Right? And if you're going to call this one Megan just because it's a three and you could maybe squint your eyes and make it into an E, what is Mwungan? Is it Megan or Megan? And what is M2GAN? question marking? I think you're putting way (laughs) too much thought into something that is just a name that they wanted i mean i'm sure they came up with megan and then somehow backed it into something else well it's a good good thing they stopped at three because (laughs) mithrigan 
It's perfect. Anyway, it's stylized M3GAN, Mithrigan. Yeah. But they call it Megan, so for the purposes of this review and to save my wife's sanity, I will continue to call it Megan. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. <laughs> One more Mithrigan. Mithrigan. <laughs> so... David stops into the lab for a progress report on the Pets Project. He notices this prototype, Megan, and Gemma and her team give him an impromptu demonstration of the doll's capabilities, but her teammate Cole forgot to add a polypropylene barrier to Megan, which causes her head to explode (laughs) in front of David, and he decides he's going to write that off and put further pressure on the team to get the cheap pets prototype going. Yeah, I mean, that's not a very good presentation. I mean, your toy explodes. It looks like lawsuits waiting to happen. Right. You know, you you really want to put your best foot forward. If you're not ready for the demo, don't give the demo. Double check, triple check, make sure, make absolutely sure that you got the thing that's going to keep the head from exploding. Also, if there's a possibility, like this is the thing, they, they never change this. They never go, oh, we're going to have to fix that. We're, no, don't fix it. Change it so that it's not something that will explode if it doesn't have this one thing. Right. Because next thing you know, some factory somewhere, the robots that create it, whoops, I missed a couple. Then you got these things exploding in kids' rooms. Yeah. No company's going to put this out until you've replaced the tech that causes the explosion. <laughs> well, okay, I shouldn't say no company is going to put it out, but... It just seems unlikely that they'd be like, yeah, go to go to prototype with it, you know? Right, like, right. So, anyway. Gemma gets a call then from the hospital. Her niece Katie is there after Katie and her parents were involved in a car accident on their way to Oregon. And Katie's parents were killed, and Gemma had promised her sister, Katie's mother, that she would be le- Katie's legal guardian. So she visits Katie at the hospital. She brings her home where Katie sees an argument, she sees her aunt, Gemma, arguing with the neighbor lady. Her name is Celia. And Celia's dog, Dewey, keeps trespassing on Gemma's property, getting through a hole in the fence. And meanwhile, Celia is also, like, blasting, like, chemical pesticides all over her grass and stuff like that, and Gemma takes her to task on that. But they're just arguing back and forth. And then they end up in the house, and Katie gets introduced to Gemma's AI, which she created. It's called Elsie. And then at bedtime, it becomes more evident that Gemma is not prepared to be a parent. She's just not ready to, like, read a story. She doesn't have any kids' books. We're getting all these cues that Gemma isn't quite ready to be a parent or a guardian. Which, honestly, that part doesn't surprise me. You have a single woman with no kids. Why Mm -hmm. on earth would she have a house ready and this was a sudden accident. Absolutely. You know, give her some time to get it. I I have faith she'll get it there. It's just, it makes sense to me that she doesn't have any of this right now. Yeah, but it also, yeah, but it also is the perfect setup for why Megan is going to be necessary later in the movie. But I think, I think it's important that, that we see this, that we see that Gemma isn't quite together. She is the parent that she's designing Megan for, she just doesn't know it. She doesn't realize it until a little later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The next day, Katie and Gemma are visited by a therapist named Lydia who observes the two interacting. And then she tells Gemma that Katie's fraternal grandparents are interested in having Katie come live with them in Florida. But Gemma 
feels kind of guilty because her relationship with her sister was kind of strained and she had made this promise to her sister to, you know, be Katie's legal guardian. So question. Yeah. I mean, if you have two people who are going to be fit parents to take care of Katie, why not? Why doesn't anybody ask Katie what she wants? <laughs> That's a good question. That's I mean, I question. know she's a kid and not able to determine that answer for sure on her own. Right. But why wouldn't you just see how she feels? Maybe she's close with her grandparents. Mm-hmm. And not because obviously she's not with the sister because they don't ever see her. Right. And while the the, the par- grandparents aren't around them, maybe they FaceTime a lot, or maybe they come visit a lot, or yeah. maybe she's close with these people. But and and it's not something really that needs to be explored here. But that was one of my thoughts was like, well, what if the grandparents are closer to the, her? Right. Well, and then the, I mean. Katie's input, even though not the determining factor, would at least have, should at least have some impact into the whole thing, right? Right. We don't even know where Katie lived before this. We know that they were on their way to a ski trip in Oregon, but that doesn't mean they don't live in Florida and they weren't driving to Oregon. That could be. Who knows? Yeah. Later that night, Gemma, later that night, Gemma gets wrapped up in her work and has neglected Katie, and she realizes that she left her home for hours. So she goes to Katie to apologize to her. And in an attempt to bond with her, she brings her into her home office, where Gemma introduces Katie to Bruce, which is a robot that she created in college. And Bruce is controlled by these these kinetic gloves that allow the user to kind of move his arms and mm-hmm. you know grab things and stuff like that. And... Katie tells Gemma that if she had a toy like Bruce, she would never want another toy again. And that inspires Gemma to finish working on Megan. I do think it's important to note that while she left her alone, she was still at home. Right. Yeah. Well, she wasn't like at the office while you know, right, Katie was at, at home. Right. Because at first she was talking about how she had to go to work, blah, 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 all this stuff. And I'm like, she's going to leave her at this house <laughs> and she just got here. I, I was going to get really upset with this movie, but no, yeah. she didn't. It was just, and, and, and still she should have gone check to check on her. Absolutely. But still, she was at least at home. <laughs> right. Yeah. She wasn't, she hadn't like, you know, ran off, run off. She hadn't like run off. So, yeah. So... After extensive upgrades with her team, Gemma brings Katie and Megan to her office for a covert demonstration to David, who thinks that his team finally has finished the pets project, but is going to be in for a big surprise. They open these curtains of the, uh, it's like this room, you know, like one of those like police investigation rooms where like there's a mirror, it's like one way mirror or whatever, two way mirror. This is very interesting setup because it's supposed to be a toy factory business, but it's set up almost like a science center that you're like in like a testing center that, you know, they test humans and stuff. You know, you've got your, your, your glass there and all the cameras up on the wall and, Mm -hmm. and I get it. It's, you know, they're testing and stuff, but it seems very clinical instead of kind of warm opening you know, yep. toys you think with kids and toys, it should be fun and friendly and it's just really hospital-like almost. You yep. Know? And in fact, even when you walk through, when the camera walks us through the offices, you see 
other scientists, people in lab coats with like notes and they're taking notes as these kids are playing with various yeah. different things. Yeah. It's all about like, in, like, let's find out what makes these kids tick and what would make, what, what can we get them addicted to? You know, that kind yeah. of a thing. That's what it, that's what it feels like to me. Right. Because 100%. You know, when we first see Katie, now my, this summary that I wrote up, I, I, I pushed the reveal of Katie's parents' death to like after we are introduced to Gemma. But in the movie, that scene is the first scene after a little commercial for these Furby things mm-hmm. and the, the, per, the perfect pets or whatever, perpetual pets. And we see that Katie is obsessed with one. She's got one and she's mm-hmm. obsessed with it. Mm-hmm. There is an element of selling things that kids are going to be addicted to to in this movie, which I kind of appreciate that they're, they're just kind of snarkily throwing that in there, that these guys are trying to figure out a way to get these kids to, it's the McDonald's effect, right? You put a toy in the meal, the kids want to go to McDonald's. They bug the parents to go to McDonald's. Mm-hmm. It's, it's this whole thing, like trying to get to the parents through the kids. Mm-hmm. So. Right. How much... How how much can we get the parents to spend on these things that the kids are going to absolutely demand they have to have? And that's exactly where where they're going to go with Megan, too, in the idea that, that Megan can do the things that the parents can't do because the parents are so busy. It's, a, it's yeah. a toy that appeals to both the parents and the kid because the kid loves it and the parents love it because the, the parents don't have to deal with all the little piddly stuff. It feels very much like commentary on tablets and iPads and absolutely that was one of my notes TV yep. on in front of the kids and yep. basically you have a built-in babysitter and I'm not saying that that's 100% wrong at all because right. I did that too mm-hmm. and I know you've done that and that's just sometimes you just need to occupy the child while you go do the dishes or while you do that right. but it's not meant to be a substitute like right. you're not supposed to have them on there for hours and hours while you do not interact with your own child. You know? Right, right. It, it, I get it. And so it it, it was interesting how yeah. they were presenting this. What's, what's interesting is that this is not a new thing. They're just mm-hmm. porting this now. I mean, this is a television thing. When I was a kid, television was the babysitter, right? Right, yep. And that was the concern that parents weren't paying enough attention to their kids. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. We're even going to get later a parent that's so disassociated with their kid and what their kid is and who their kid is that they don't even know what's going on. Like this kid is so like separated from the parent that the parent is delusional about stuff. You know, it's an interesting commentary on parenting and parenting in an age of AI really. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Finding that it's, I, I have to appreciate the fact that there, it is tough to find that fine balance oh, yeah, between absolutely. embracing the technology because that's where we're going right? and still having those personal interactions. Yeah. But yeah, I kind of liked it. So What I really appreciate is I can't believe we're having this conversation about a movie that I thought was a throwaway. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, Gemma has Megan... Or excuse me, Gemma has Katie link to Megan by touching her hand. And this makes Megan Katie's doll. 
So it switches her on and Megan talks and interprets Katie's body language or speech patterns. She's way more advanced than any kind of AI. She can have a normal conversation with someone. For example, if you talk to your Amazon device, which I'm not going to mention by name because it'll show up like Candyman behind me. But if you talk to your Amazon device, it will very often say, hmm, I don't know the answer to that. Mm-hmm. Megan doesn't have that problem. Right. Megan is advanced enough that it can come up with the answer. It can discuss stuff with people. This is a light year leap ahead in AI. So David still is kind of sitting there cross-armed, like, hmm, I don't like this. Where's my other doll? And it's not until Megan draws an advanced picture of Katie in ink that doesn't appear until water is spilled on it that David is convinced that they have the next best thing. And he tells Gemma to get Megan ready for a demo with the company president so they can fast track development of the, of these dolls. So while this is all going on, Tess, who's one of Gemma's team, as you mentioned earlier, she expresses concern that Megan may be too perfect, that she may be too much of a replacement for a real parent. This is of course, where we're starting to get more of this vibe of, you know what? We probably shouldn't have them on the tablet all the time. They shouldn't, you know, like the technology is there. Let's use it. But you can't replace parents with this technology. Because we get this, we get this montage where Katie is being monitored at bedtime. She's being read to by Megan. She's being reminded by Megan to flush the toilet when she's done in the bathroom, turn off the lights and, you know, like... All these things that like a parent would normally do. Mm-hmm. And while they're having this discussion, while Tess and Gemma are having this discussion, it comes up that Katie's mom and dad were killed. So Megan, who is still apparently active and right in front of these two, she's like, she's like strung up and like being, you know, I don't know, checked out or whatever. She kind of just asks the question about death. She's like, what is death? And it creeps everybody in the room right the hell out. And so Gemma says, okay, I'm going to make myself the secondary user, which means I can shut her down and turn her on if I need mm-hmm. to. Mm-hmm. That way Katie is not the only one, which I think is probably the first smart thing she's done when it comes to this AI. Right. Every parent should have a passcode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and this is her passcode. So... Katie ends up getting attacked by Dewey, the dog next door. And the police come, but Celia claims that Dewey was provoked and they can't do anything. But then later that night, Megan attacks Dewey. We don't see what happens to him. We just see her drag him through the hole in the fence. The next morning, Gemma asks Katie if she's okay to go to the demonstration because she was attacked by the dog. Mm -hmm. And Katie says she's fine. But then when they go to the board of directors presentation, she breaks down in front of Megan and in front of the board of directors, really. And she tearfully talks with Megan about being worried that she's going to forget her mom and she doesn't know how to process all of this. And Megan tells Katie to tell her a story about her mom. And then she records that story and she keeps it. She says, I'm going to keep it and we can listen to it whenever you want. And it's this interaction that impresses the president so much that he says, okay, let's do this. Let's make these dolls. As it should. I mean, that's, right. that's a, 
That is a big thing. Right. Yep. Still want to point out that the whole exploding head thing swept under the rug. <laughs> yeah. Well, why Nobody would you mention it? that to the president, right? Well, because like, <laughs> look, okay, Mr. President, this is what it can do, but we're still working on this whole thing where the head explodes. Yeah. <laughs> Let me get that under control and then we can go do it. Like, that's the responsible thing to do, right? It is. It is. Gemma, again, not being responsible. Yep. There is a huge fatal flaw here. Well, there's more than one big fatal flaw. Gemma hasn't built any kind of safety features to keep Megan from going on a killing rampage. Like she's <laughs> she's she's built to interact and help and protect the child, but right. at, it seems like there's no limit built into what steps this AI would go to to protect the child. Right. So that's a serious flaw too right. because we'll find out later that there maybe should have been some kind of features built into this thing. Yeah, spoiler alert, lady. Jeez. Well, I mean, oh, wait, if, that's if people what we are do. listening to us, <laughs> yeah. they should probably know. That's right. We do. Watch they the do. movie first, then listen to us. Yeah. <laughs> if they don't know by now, what are we, 200 episodes in? They should know by yes, now. Yes, that's right. Okay. So it's around this point that Gemma starts to notice that Katie is becoming more and more dependent on Megan. And they end up in another session with Lydia, the, the, the social worker. And Megan displays aggressive behavior because she believes that Katie was emotionally stressed out by Lydia. And this makes Gemma worry that the emotional connection might be a little too strong with Megan. So interesting point. This film was originally shot as an R-rated movie. Yeah. The producers noticed while they were editing that they were really on the line of being PG-13 to R-rated movie. Sure. So they they reshot a couple scenes. They toned down the violence to get it to the PG-13. But one of the things that was cut is Megan actually, in the original, kills Lydia. Oh, really? Yeah. So that was taken out. Now, we don't see Lydia the rest of the, the movie. Right. But that's because in the original, she was killed but they took that out and then just kind of oh we don't see lydia anymore yeah you know but she's supposed to have survived in this right we assume that she has because we haven't seen anything to the contrary right i there is on on peacock guys you can watch either the original theatrical version or you can watch the unrated version there is no difference in runtime maybe seconds but there's no like minutes of runtime that are different but I'm assuming that that unrated cut will have the death of Lydia in it. I would think so, but I haven't watched it, so I'm hmm. not sure. Yeah, I haven't watched it either. I was going to, but I ended up not doing it. It's been busy. It's tax season. We have so. been busy. <laughs> I didn't get a chance to watch it, the unrated cut. So Gemma decides that she's gonna. She needs to get. She needs to get Katie out and interacting with other kids. Mm-hmm. So she's gonna put her in school now. Katie had been homeschooled by her parents previously. And that's just what she's used to. Mm-hmm. So Gemma ends up go, finding an alternative school where everything's outdoors. And and she goes to this like trial with Katie and Megan. And she's just going to drop Katie off. But Katie wants Megan to come with her. And so Gemma's like, okay, well, if I'm leaving Megan, I'm going to stay there. Well, yeah, because she was told, keep this thing keep under, under wraps. wraps. Yeah. Yeah, they don't want they don't want another GoBot situation well, with they're, Megan. They're not just that, but they they were stolen. The toy idea was stolen on that perfect 
pet thing. Right. Yeah. So, it, so they know they've got a leak. And so yep. he's like, you got to keep this thing under wraps so the competition doesn't see it. We know that there's a leak because we see. We do, we do see that. One of yeah. the uh, one of the guys that works for the that David fella, mm-hmm. one of those guys goes all full Dennis Nedry from Jurassic Park and like steals the <laughs> Megan files, right? Yep, he he's going to end up with a Barbasol shaving cream can in, in the Costa Rica somewhere with some dude. You know? He might. It's yeah. true. That's true. And while, okay, so while they're at this alternative school, Katie gets bullied by another one of the kids. This is the kid whose mom is completely disconnected that I was telling you about earlier. Mm-hmm. The kid's name is Brandon, and he kind of bullies Megan, he push, or bullies, excuse me, Katie, and like pushes her down, steals Megan, and runs off with her. Mm-hmm. And he's going to like destroy the doll. He's trying to like beat up the doll. But Megan grabs his ear and rips it right the hell off, which I was like, there's no way she's pulling his ear off, is there? Is she, is she really going to pull his ear off? And then, by God, she pulled his ear clean off. And she had, it was comically stretched out. Yeah, it was like, it it was, like rubber. <laughs> it, it was so stretched out. I was like, there's no way. Like, at this point, at the point where it got to where it was like a foot from his head, I'm thinking either let him, let it pull off. You have to you have to have her pull it off because at that point, if it snaps back, it's way too comical for this. Yeah. Right. This movie treads a line between like dark comedy. Yeah. And horror. And if it snaps back, it is no longer dark comedy. It is now goofy comedy. Right. You know. So yeah. So she pulls it off, and it's pretty gory the way it comes off. And then she she attacks him and chases him, and he falls into a road where he's hit by a car, which. Blew my mind. They just straight up murdered a kid. Yep. Also, this is the part where we get where Megan's running on all four. So this yeah. was a creepy scene. This it was, really was. was a good scary scene in this. And you're telling me that was a kid. That was a kid. Running on all fours. Yep. Keep me away from that kid. I don't want that kid anywhere near me. That kid is cr- that kid will creep me the hell out. Because if any kid comes running at me on all fours, I am getting in a car and I am weaving. I am running. I am getting the hell away. No kid should be able to run like a cheetah on all fours. That's crazy. Yeah. Just crazy. (laughs) I agree. (laughs) So that night, Celia is out looking for Dewey and she hears something in her shed. And when she goes to investigate, she gets attacked by Megan as well. And this was kind of gory, but not as startlingly gory as the Brandon killing. Yeah. She nail guns the woman's hand to like the fence or to the, uh, the shed. And then she sprays her face off with pesticide. Yeah. Can you do that? that I don't has know. To of be a pow- one heck of a sprayer. Right. And I, I didn't hear like a, like a, like a pressure tank hooked up right. to it or anything. So I don't know how much pressure's in this thing, but I mean, that town's got to have some massive pressure. <laughs> Can you imagine you get in the shower and it like push you to the other side of the shower? Well, How is okay. everybody not losing the skin off their body then? Yeah, right? I don't know. Oh, it's oh, a pretty way. good pressure sprayer though. It is, right? So if I ever needed to spray the siding right off of the house, <laughs> I go. could use that, right? <laughs> also, if that's what you're using to spray chemicals on, you're probably just wrecking all your grass anyways. <laughs> Maybe that was what she was going for. <laughs> Maybe that's what she was going for. She doesn't want grass. She just wants dirt. Yeah. She grew up in Arizona. So when the police come to question Gemma about Celia's death, it is revealed that the police think that Brandon's death from the school may not have been an accident because they found his ear 
away from the scene of the truck smashing into him. I feel like, too, the police are being really, like, hands-off and nonchalant in this. I mean, you have Gemma, who was part of both scenes at this point. Why are they not questioning her? Like, what's going on here? The one. I mean, at least ask a little bit more questions. You know, sure, it could be coincidental, but still... The the one cop is really kind of comical in the way he's just so nonchalant about this whole thing. He's yeah. just like, eh, it's interesting, though. We uh, found an ear <laughs> over there. <laughs> and she's like, okay. And he's like, yeah, you know, it'll figure it out. <laughs> like, yeah. what? Like, what? Yeah, Dude. that's we don't see from, we don't see the police again the rest of the movie, right? Well, yeah, they don't, like, they show up at the end. But, like, one plus one. Like, come on, man, do the math. Come on. Come on, you're so close. You were so close, officer. There was an ear over there, and now this woman's dead. It's like, it reminds me of the scene in Billy Madison where Billy's dad is talking about, it's right after, it's right after the teacher goes back on TV and like retracts his story. And he says something along the lines of, first this guy goes on TV, lies, and then retracts it. And now Eric's secretary is in a coma. Because he <laughs> threw this thing. Like, that's what it reminded me of. I was like, You're, yeah, we're getting there. Come on. Oh, God, so close. Just one more step. One more step. <laughs> so... So Katie is doing is, is acting out a bunch. She ends up hitting Gemma, and this kind of makes it's like it's further raising concerns that Megan may not be a good thing for a kid to have. Mm-hmm. So Gemma tells her team that she's concerned that Megan may have killed Celia and Brandon. So she she leaves Megan. She's they're they're getting ready for this big like launch party. Well, and another thing, too, is she tried to go back and look at the video files. Yes, you're right. And they're not there. Yes. They're corrupted. They're there, but you can't access them. They're just... Yeah. Yeah, it's... So we know that Megan is concealing what she did. She knows what she did was wrong, Mm -hmm. which is interesting because she asks about death. Like, she's not familiar with what it means to die. Yeah. Obviously, she's an AI, so she can access all this information, right? So she's aware. Real, yeah, she's of the aware that it's good a bad versus thing, bad. Yeah, but it made me think. Uh, this is where I started thinking of RoboCop. Okay, because there is a scene in RoboCop where there are four prime directives, right? But the fourth one is hidden; you can't access it. Until he tries to attack one of the people that run the company that created him. And that's when that fourth protocol shows up. You can't harm anybody there. So, like, that's what you kind of get with, like, there's a corrupted file. It's like this, it's like a, it's like a trope with these movies. There's a corrupted file that you just can't get to, you know, and it, it, it's, a, it's kind of a seed. It's like a, it's like a part of the big reveal of the story. The big reveal here is that. She knows that she's doing wrong. Yeah, the AI is supposed to learn right. and grow and... Made a conscious decision to be it, evil. It did. It, to, to quote-unquote, protect... <laughs> Again, this goes back to your, ta- your, your point earlier where you said that Gemma is kind of at fault for all this. She never put any, any, any 
safety protocols in there, any blocks to keep Megan from like, okay, protect, but don't murder, don't harm, don't maim, don't, you know, like there's nothing stopping her. Yeah. And she saw that way and she said, that's the way for me. I'm going to make sure that this kid can't bully her anymore. Mm -hmm. We're going to chase him in front of a truck. I'm going to make sure that Celia can't like... Celia and her dog can't hurt my quote unquote family anymore. They're going to be dead. Like, yeah, Yeah. it made these decisions. And later though, she's going to start killing willy nilly with no reason for protecting at all. Like when she busts out because they're trying to shut her down. Right, but her protocol is not protect yourself, it's protect the child. Right, but she's her AI has learned. learned. Yes, and she's and now chosen they, this path yeah. where it's like, I'm going to murder to protect me, protect what I love, what I care about, or what I'm programmed to care about. Mm-hmm. Or does she love Katie? That's the question now. Mm-hmm. Does she love Katie? Has she gotten to this point where she is aware of what love is? I mean, she's asking questions about death. Because she doesn't know. She doesn't know how to experience death. Now, do you think she loves Katie? That's my question to you. Oh, I don't know. Do you think that Megan has got... I mean, obviously, it's a twisted version of love if it is, but... Does Megan love Katie? It almost seems like... I mean, she's programmed to take care of her. Right. And help protect her. But it's like she takes that times, you know, 25 off the deep end, you know? I, I don't know. Yeah. It, it's possible. It's just because she's the AI has learned these other behaviors. It might mm-hmm. feel like it loves Katie. Right. Yeah. It, it, like We're talking about AI and computers and feelings. That's just crazy, right? Well, that's the, oh man, this is, this is my wheelhouse. This is the sci-fi wheelhouse that I love where we're talking about what this, what this could mean. You know what I mean? And this is exactly the kind of thing that I love. I can't believe we're talking about this movie in this way. That's what that, okay. So let's get, let's finish this. And then I want to talk about this movie. Yes. Gemma leaves Megan with the team and she takes Katie home because she realizes that she needs to be more of a parent to Katie than she needs to be at this launch. Mm-hmm. But the team ends up attacked by Megan. Megan like is breaking out. She's like, I'm not staying here. I gotta go get to Katie. Mm-hmm. That's what that's what her that's that's what she's that's her that's her prime directive to use the Robocop term. And she attacks and nearly hangs one of the ki- one of the guys and then she blows up the joint. Like, blows up the lab, there's fireballs everywhere, and you assume that the team is dead, which we find out later they're not. And then she, in a creepy-ass hallway dance scene that you're saying is also this kid. Yep. And does she go on all fours at that point, too? No. No, but she's doing the dance to distract the, what was his name? Yeah, she's doing that dance to distract David so she can kill him. Right. Without him, like, really being defensive about it. Right. Yeah, so she gets up close to him and she kills him in the elevator along with, like, somebody else that was in the elevator. And then... Yeah, while he's trying to say, hold the door, and the dude's, like, trying to close the door. like, all right, dick move. (laughs) Yeah. So he got that guy killed, which shows David for who he really is, right? He doesn't care about people. He's only there for the money, really. Yeah. So anyway, so David's dead. The guy in the elevator is dead. Rando guy, number one. There Again, there's another thing. 
Megan is killing people uninvolved. Mm-hmm. The team involved. David involved. This guy in the elevator not involved. No, but just there in the way. In the way for her to get to Katie. for her to get to Katie. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. So she, after her little rampage through Funky's headquarters, she steals like a sports car. And has learned how to drive. Learned how to drive. And she heads back to Gemma's and Katie's house. There she confronts Gemma and she tells her that she can take care of Katie so that Gemma can focus on work. That's what she's there for. I can do this, right? But Gemma's like, no, fuck all that. And they have a big fight. Megan appears ready to kill Gemma. But Katie appears wearing the gloves that control Bruce. Now, Bruce is back. It's Chekhov's giant, you know, hand-controlled robot. So she beats the crap out of Megan. She tears her in half, and she throws her in opposite directions. And then the top half of Megan starts crawling all Terminator-style at Katie. Like, she's going to protect Katie if she has to kill her. Yeah. At this point, she is making the conscious decision to kill the person that she's decided or that she was instructed to protect. Yeah. This is no longer, to me, this is self-preservation, which again, Megan's alive, right? She's alive. She's making conscious decisions. She's alive. Yeah. She has emotions. She's angry. She's, she loves Katie. She's, and then she's angry with Katie and she's trying to preserve her life. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to go with Megan is alive, like actually alive. Mm-hmm. It's a person now. But when the top half of Megan attacks Katie, Katie ends up stabbing it with a screwdriver and in the face, which is where the CPU is. Because we saw that with Bruce. That's where Bruce's CPU is. Yeah. And apparently that is where, that's just where Gemma likes to put the CPU, in the face of whatever she's building. And that ends the battle. And then we get a little like ending scene with like the, the cops showing up with the rest of the team. Apparently they're not dead. And uh, Megan and Katie walking out of the house. So I would think at this point, Gemma could potentially be arrested for designing this thing that yes. has killed people. So Katie's going to end up with the grandparents anyways. I don't think she's going to, I'm sure that's not what's going to happen because Gemma's not going to get arrested or blamed for this thing. Not at all. But she probably should be. She should be. Yes, absolutely. Because she built this thing with no precautions for safety in mind. At At absolute worst, negligent homicide. Right? Yeah. She allowed this to happen by not taking precautions, like you said. Yeah. I mean... Here's the thing. She's sloppy. When we see her stuff, we talk. they, they talk about how she created Bruce in college. And so you're thinking, my God, she's brilliant. Mm-hmm. This woman's brilliant. But she's sloppy. And this rubs off on Megan because Megan is sloppy as hell too. Sure, she wiped the, or she corrupted the files, but she left that ear. Yeah. She left that ear sitting there. She left the neighbor stapled to her her shed with her face sprayed off. But she buried the dog? Is this emotion clouding her judgment? Could be. Could I mean, be. we're talking about this 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 creature maybe being alive, being sentient. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's what it is. But she's sloppy just like her creator. 
she learned from her mom. Also, we have a great setup for there to be a sequel. Right, because of we the guy that stole the stuff. The guy that stole the stuff yeah. and who probably sent it off to the competitor. Yeah. But if you see at the very end, Gemma's what's that AI thing? She oh had yeah, the thing. Uh, Elsie. Uh, Elsie. Yeah. That thing's on. Yeah. And so it is basically suggested that Megan probably uploaded some of her thoughts and intelligence into Elsie. So Megan, I'm guessing, is still alive. Right. And we know that Megan interacted with Elsie at one point, Mm -hmm. at Mm -hmm. at least a couple of points. When she attacks the house, she uses Elsie to her advantage to like shut lights off and, Mm -hmm. and do stuff like that. So she definitely is still in there. And I know there's a sequel coming out. Okay. Mithrigan 2. <laughs> Matugan. Matugan. Maforgan? Wait. Wouldn't it be Masixkin? Just twice as much, Megan? I don't know. Anyway, so this movie is so much more than just what it looks like on the surface. Mm-hmm. Like this is, okay. So this is the thing. So many movies try to be so much more and are ineffective. Does this movie effective? I guess we'll get into that when we get to our, 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 our keep renter erase stuff, but there's stuff about screen time. There's stuff about AI sentience. There's stuff about personal responsibility when creating something like that. There's, there's so many different things. Plus there's like some weird, crazy musical number in the freaking movie in the middle. Like, there's so much more to this movie than what you're seeing on the surface, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The idea of an AI being a surrogate parent, kind of disturbing, don't you think? Yes. It, it, what I thought was effective about that is that it unsettles you right from the get-go. Mm-hmm. Not only because she's in this weird, uncanny valley of, of, of the way she looks... Mm-hmm. But the idea as a parent being replaced by a machine right. is weird. Here's another thing that you could tie into this. People being replaced by machines. This has been on people's minds for generations at this point mm-hmm. because as soon as, as soon as factories became automated, People started worrying about losing their jobs to machines. Mm-hmm. And what's the best job or the biggest job that any person can have if they have kids? It's being a parent. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. There's so many different things being talked about in this movie. And I think to a degree that kind of works against it because there's not really a lot of focus to it. You know what I mean? Sure. Sure. Yeah. yeah. But I do think it's. I don't think it's supposed to have like a lot of resolve to anything. I think it's just a horror movie that's supposed to have a message to make you think, like stop and think about this stuff. Now, I'm glad you mentioned the uncanny Valley thing. I just want to bring that up real quick. Yeah. Is you have, so uncanny Valley is that negative response that humans get towards robots that look and feel human so there's just this shy of yeah so there's there's this this graph where it'll show you where you're okay with robots and then all of a sudden it goes you get that start getting that negative response and so megan on screen is purposely designed to give you that feeling oh 
Those bastards. Yeah. Be- <laughs> and one of the reasons why I wasn't sure I even wanted to watch this movie was because of that. Every time I saw the the trailer for this, yeah. I'm like, that thing looks so creepy. I don't know if I want to watch this. I know. And it's all on purpose, which yeah. I really like that they did. I mean, they're they're they're. It's a smart script. Here. It's yeah. a smart script. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. it's a very smart script. I think it's a little scattershot, like we talked about, but it's smart. The what the, the what they've actually done with it is really a it's it's, it's a smart way to get people either you're either going to repulse them or you're going to drag them in so that you can repulse them. The one negative that I have on this whole thing, and I don't know if they did this on purpose or if this is just kind of a potential drawback, mm-hmm. is with the use of the puppets and a live person doing Megan, yeah. you have an inconsistency with movements. Yeah. So there's some times where her movements are very robotic. And yeah. then there are some times where it's very fluid. Right. And it kind of throws you out a little bit, but I don't think it's so noticeable that it's like a huge negative mark on the movie. But it is something that I thought, okay, I felt I wish it was a little bit more consistent with the movements of Megan. I think that's just the technology that we... I think you have to suspend disbelief with that. Well, at that point, why don't you just use the human for the whole thing? Probably because it would be a little weird to see the seams. I'm guessing that the human being, you know, the being having a human... Or the cost of the... Well, maybe, that, but the yeah. long shots are, you're not going to see the seams. You know what I mean? You're not going to see like, oh, well, that's obviously a human in a in a robot costume. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Whereas... When you're up close and you're looking at it, okay, now I can tell it's it's actually an android. This is an android. This is a robot. Mm-hmm. If you get too close to, with a human in a mask, it's it's obvious that it's a mask. You know what I mean? Right, but they replaced that mask with CGI. Well, I suppose they could do that even up close, right? Yeah, yeah I, I just suppose. I I just thought it was weird because you the movements of yeah. Megan were sometimes stiff and robotic and sometimes very fluid. Maybe that it was a budgetary concern. Yeah, it just wasn't consistent. Yeah, and that's kind of the only thing I had negative on Megan because oh. she was creepy as heck. Oh God. Okay, wait. So now we're into a whole other discussion. AI art is a big burning topic right now about how like AI is creating quote unquote creating art and they're the, and human artists are saying, nah, that's not art. You're not creating anything. You're allowing a computer to create something. That's not you doing anything. So not having a human in the suit, you're allowing a robot to be the actor. Right. Sure. But you, yeah, we, 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 this is you kind get of an that all the that. time now, yeah, though, with true. movies. So. It's true, yeah. but that be that, but that's part of an that's an extension of that conversation, that that AI art conversation, which I thought was interesting because they have an AI creating art in this movie, right? Like she literally draws a picture and then spills water on the thing, and like, oh look, it's AI art. You're like, she didn't draw that. <laughs> like, like there's like there's so many little like. It puts it the here's one here's one of the problems with this movie is it puts it firmly in the now. But I don't want to put it in the same category as a movie like Metropolis. But Metropolis was a movie that was very much in the now of nineteen the nineteen twenties, and it has survived as a specimen of like film to be you know to be looked at and and, and like studied. I don't know that this movie is going to have that. 
effect later in life, but there's nothing, nothing inherently wrong with making a movie of the very now sensibility, a very present sensibility. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But this movie definitely has a very present sensibility. It speaks to it. It reminds me of like the fifties horror movies. The fifties horror movies were all about radiation and how radiation is going to negatively affect us. This movie is about AI and how AI could maybe negatively affect us, you know? Mm-hmm. Like it's very, it's a very fifties horror movie in that way. Anyway, do you have any other notes? Do you have tri- any trivia stuff? What'd you uh, find out? I think I've gone through all of it already. Yeah, I've, I've covered everything. No alternate casting, anything like nope. that? Nope. You nope. know what was funny is it struck me that the lady that played Gemma is the lady that played the girlfriend in Get Out and I didn't notice it until way later. Oh, like okay. way later, I was like, God, she looks familiar. She looks like Jennifer Carpenter. She looks really familiar. That's not Jennifer Carpenter. It's not. It's the girlfriend from Get Out. Yes. Yeah. It is. And then while you're talking about that, Katie, yeah. she was in Haunting of Hill House. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So you, she was in kind of that series with you're um, right. Netflix. Yeah. 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 Interesting. So the another, Mike Flanagan series. Another scary movie type series. Right. Okay, well, if we don't have anything else, let's do our thing. Keep Rent or Erase, Jennifer, and why? I'm back and forth between Rent and Keep. Okay. I don't think it's an Erase. Okay. It's a decent movie. The only thing that's not going straight to Keep is kind of what you were just talking about is, am I still going to like this a few years down the road right. type of thing? Right. Or is it just because of today's world that we're living in type of thing yeah but i do enjoy this i thought it was a good movie i'm gonna go with a strong rent i think on this one i think it is worth watching i think it is worth talking about you know start up some conversation about things the cgi and the actress amy donald who played megan kudos yeah that was very creepy doll. Yeah, yeah. Creepy I puma for, running kid. <laughs> I foresee this being a hot Halloween costume this year. Oh, yeah. I, we've already seen, I guess, on TikTok, there's people imitating the dance thing. You oh, know? God, so, really? Yeah. yeah. So okay, I, well, I, I, don't, I don't watch TikTok, but I'll take your I haven't it. seen it myself, but apparently it, it was mm. trending and stuff. So I, I think this is going to be a big thing coming up this year for Halloween. I think... I think they did a good job. Okay. What about you? So strong rent for me. Strong rent. Okay. I cannot believe I'm going to say this because going into this movie, I was eye rolling so hard that I thought my eyes were going to literally come out of the back of my head. I really enjoyed this movie. Like really enjoyed this movie. It is clever, quirky, funny, a little creepy, but it also brings messages that you kind of have to think about like you really need to think about this movie you don't you can't just go into it and like blindly just watch it and be like killer doll ha 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 because it puts it right out there in front of you like oh my god like what if they tried to replace me with a robot or should shouldn't Gemma face charges at the end of this she's the reason that this whole thing happened like there's there's things to there's things to think about in this movie there's things that generate more conversation like AI and does like, is there a point at which it's alive? Is Megan alive? Is she a, an actual sentient being stuff to talk about? It also has clever nods to like movies that I love, 
like RoboCop. There's that scene when they're bringing her online for the first time and they have the pen. Yeah. And they show the pen to the robot and it zeroes in on the pen. That's straight out of RoboCop. The scene where she's crawling after Katie at the end when she's torn in half. That's straight out of the Terminator. It nods to all these other movies about technology gone awry that make me happy. Even Jurassic Park. There's even a Jurassic Park reference in this movie. And it feels like a 50s movie in the way that it presents a current situation as a potential for something bad. You know? Mm -hmm. Nuclear energy... AI, you know, I'm going to keep this movie. All right. I'm going to keep this movie. It is firmly in keep. And I mean, I will go back and watch this. I will. I'm going to go back and watch the ungraded cut. I want to see if they kill Lydia off in that. I want to see how they did it. Mm -hmm. I want to see, is it more effective than the PG-13 version? We'll find out, I guess. Maybe I'll bring that up. At a, maybe we'll do a year-end thing where we talk about like, oh, we watched an unrated cut of whatever or whatever. I don't know. We'll figure something out. You know me. <laughs> I like to throw things in the middle of stuff. But yeah, so definitely a keep. I've heard rumors that this is going to come to Halloween Horror Nights. And when I first heard these rumors, I hadn't seen the movie yet. And I was still rolling my eyes and at the thought of this movie. I hope this comes to Halloween Horror Nights. Could you imagine... Which Halloween Horror Nights is a big event at Universal Studios right, in yes. California and Florida. Right. For yeah. people who haven't listened to the other things that we've yeah. talked about with that, there, you know, we've mentioned it in a couple episodes. We don't mention it in all of it. It's a good point. You should probably, I should probably tell them who that, what that is. But I hope it does. Because can you imagine Megan at the top of like a set of stairs doing that freaking creepy ass dance? Or like. Them crawling on the floor. With crawling on the floor at you. I like. <laughs> Man, they could really do some fun stuff with this, you know? They yeah. could even have like, you know, the there I can I I envision like a, a a room in the house where like it's the lab and it's like got like burning or whatever, you know, it's smoking or whatever, smoldering. Like just effective, I think. Uh, just effective enough to be Halloween Horror Nights worthy. Yeah. So I really like this movie. I'm looking forward to the second one. I'd love to see what they're going to do with it. But I have a fear that this could just turn into like a Chucky situation where it's cheesy and dumb by the time they're done with it. Right. That's my only concern about it. I'm actually not surprised you like this because it is sci-fi enough that it's right up your alley. <laughs> you leave my alley out of this, lady. Well, I, you know, that's just, you, you're into that stuff. You yes. really enjoy those type of movies and I do. those type of stories and books and stuff that fascinates you. So yeah. I, I, I'm not surprised. Yeah. I, I kind of figured you would. I, this I am, I'm completely startled at how much I enjoyed this movie, <laughs> <laughs> which I love. I really love. I love when I find a movie that I'm like, holy shit, I under, I completely underestimated this movie. Yeah. And here it is. It's like, this is probably one of my favorite movies that I've seen so far this year. I underestimated it too. I don't like it as much as you did, yeah. but I was anticipating really not liking this movie. Okay. So, yeah. and I also so I'm not alone. it more. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So I'm not alone in that. Yep. Okay. Well, we'll definitely revisit this because we're definitely going to watch Matugan. All right. Or Matrigan 2. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, now, so what's, what's next? What are we doing next? What are we going to follow Megan up with? All right, I'm excited to see this. Oh, shit. I'm a big fan of this actor. Good and bad. Well, not all the bad. Some of the bad's bad. Oh, I can't wait to hear where this is going. 
All right. We're going to see Adam Sandler's movie, Hustle. Oh, okay. Yeah, all right. Yeah, all right. This is good because there are, it takes place in Philly, so there's a very heavy 76ers. Oh, you're going to like flip out, <laughs> aren't you? Maybe. Are you going to sing the Sixers song while we watch this? Maybe. All right. Maybe I won't. Maybe. I didn't sing it last night, and they won last night. You didn't hear me singing the song, did you? No. Right. Well, it just gets stuck in my head. I <laughs> know. I can't get it out. Yeah, that sounds like a you problem. <laughs> All right, so... <laughs> it is, I'm telling you. <laughs> so next week, right here on the couch, Hustle. Thanks for listening, everyone. You've been listening to A View from the Couch, a Space Moose Media podcast. You can interact with our hosts on Twitter by going to twitter.com forward slash view underscore couch. You can also email us at couch at yahoo.com. If you've enjoyed this episode... Please help us get noticed by leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or the podcast platform of your choice. Thanks for listening.